You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Curtain up, theater people, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Coming to you from the Hell's Kitchen area of Midtown Manhattan, right in the middle of Broadway. My name is Sean Chandler, and I'll be your host. Your program is your ticket is a discussion of smaller theater works and the people and organizations that make it happen. As many of you know, your program is your ticket is a helpful system where your program is literally your ticket to get into the theater and smaller, more intimate productions. It's these works we like to highlight, and it's our goal on this show to feature as many of these productions as possible while still discussing the biggies. I love theater and see as much as I can wherever I go. During the travels of the production of my husband and my play at The Flash, I have met many wonderful people from all over the world in the theater community, and it is my honor to bring them on as guests to the show. Tonight's guest is multi-talented, award-winning costume designer and director and all-around nice, great guy, John Nasca. I'll be bringing John on in a few minutes, but first I'd like to take a moment or two to talk about some opportunities to see ground-level up-and-coming shows theater festivals. Now, uh, my play, my, my my husband's play, At the Flash, got its start in a theater festival. It's called Great Gay Play and Musical Contest and Festival that was run by the Chicago-based theater company and ensemble Pride Films and Plays. I thank them for my career every single day. Um, and and it's, it, it's, I love these festivals because it's just a wonderful way to see new theater from up-and-coming people. That's how a lot of uh, shows get their start. Plus, when you go to these festivals, um, it's it's a it's a chance to see theater that's not super expensive. I mean, usually you pay to see a show, but it's not it's not that much, and it's a great opportunity for unknown writers and directors and even actors to break into the business. Um, also, if if you work at these theater festivals if you just want to go and donate your time uh, to, I don't know, take tickets or usher or something like that. Usually you're able to see festival or the, the plays in the festival and the musicals in the festivals for cheaper than normal or sometimes free. So uh, that's an option. Plus they can always use your support. So I'm going to uh, give a shout out to some of the theater festivals that I found while looking online just so that you know, you know, and you can see, and they have upcoming festivals, and I'm, I'm just going to throw out their dates. Um, first of all, I want to mention the Atlanta Black Theater Festival in uh, Atlanta, Georgia, and their festival is coming up and running from October 4th to 7th to October 7th in 2017. Fabulous. Uh, next is the Contemporary American Theater Festival, which is in Shepherdstown, West Virginia, from July 7th to July 30th. Then we have the Dream Up Festival in New York City, where I'm sitting right now. And uh, they run a festival from August 27th to September 17th. Oh, that's a long one. Um, and then the next one is International Thespian Festival, which is run out of the University of Nebraska-Lincoln in Lincoln, Nebraska. Imagine that. And um, it runs from June 19th to 24th. Uh, then there's the Last Frontier Theater Festival, which is run out of Prince William Sound College in Valdez, Alaska which is from June 11th to June 17th. Then there's the United Solo Festival, which I think is like just, just like solo works and, and shows, which are, you know are always really fun to, to do, but I'm, I'm a little partial to them because I've written one. Um, and that's in New York, New York, from September 14th to November 19th. Uh, next, we have the Williamstown Theater Festival, which is in Williams Williamstown, Massachusetts, from June 27th to August 20th. That's a long one, too. Uh, and then those, I, I know, I'm pretty sure most of those do plays, and some of them 
I'm, I'm sure do musicals, but for the sake of uh, musicals, I just want to mention the New York Musical Festival, uh, also called NYMF, N-Y-M-F, and that runs from July 10th to August 6th. Um, and I say that because I've interviewed Laura Stratford, who wrote the book for one of the featured shows, which is called Number Nerds. I'm very, very excited to see that. And I went to this festival last year, and it was it was super fun, and I got to see some great, great, great shows that hopefully I'll, I'll see on bigger stages. Um, so anyways, uh, if you want to... Um, if you want to find what I found, you can just go to Wikipedia and uh, there's a search engine and you could type in list of theater festivals and then it pulls it up and then uh, you can uh, actually select and organize them by country, which is what I did. And you know, I just scrolled down to United States. But if you're international, they have lists of festivals all over the world. So anyways, uh, go support these people They're I'm sure they're doing great work and uh, I'm I'm really, really thrilled that uh, they're, they're available because, again, I pretty much owe my career to one. Uh, also, I just want to mention that if you want to look up stuff for Nymph or the New York Musical Festival, uh, they are at nymf.org. So, and then the last one that I want to mention is the Great Trans Play Contest winner. Uh, this is Pride Films and Plays' latest uh, competition, and um, it, I, I'm not sure if they're doing a festival, but they are doing a reading of their of their winner of this particular competition on uh, June 9th and 10th. So the the press release says on Friday and Saturday, June 9th and 10th, the winning play in the Great Trans Play Festival will be read in the Buena. I would assume that's theater. The contest announced in March is an international competition open only to trans writers. And this is going to be directed by Delia Krupp, who is a Pride Films and Plays company member. And also, I interviewed her on a show, I think about, I think it was like show, well, I, I think I did it last year. So you can find it by um, going onto my website and my Facebook and my Twitter and all of those uh, things that I have set up. So that leads me to our, our guest. And I'm super excited to have him on the show. He is a wonderful, wonderful, nice person and mega talented. Um, he is a director of theater and a costume designer. And he has, now this is off of his website. I, I, I think it needs to be updated because I've, I think I've seen some things that, that he's done that aren't on here. But anyways, on his website as a director, he has upwards of 30 plays that he's directed. And as a costume designer, something like upwards of 60. You guys, that is like crazy. It's amazing. And he's also an award-winning costume designer. Uh, he has won the Jeff Award for Best Costume, the Broadway World, Broadway World Award for Best Costume. He has uh, uh, won the Best Costume Show of the Year from the Windy City Times. He won an Ollie Award for Best Costumes and an After Dark Award for Best Costumes. He's just... He is just a theater genius. So I'm going to bring him on right now and let and let him talk about himself and what he's doing. So uh, hi, John, and welcome to your program is your ticket. Hi, Sean. Thanks for having me. Oh, it's my pleasure. You're just such a sweet guy, and I always love the work that I see uh, that you do out in Chicago. So um, why don't I stop talking for a little while and let you talk about yourself? Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your creative theater passion. Oh boy! Um, <laughs> uh, I I basically started in theater. I did not intend to become a costume designer. 
it was kind of um, thrown at me. Hmm. And uh, when I had gotten out of high school, I started a theater company, and I wanted to be a director, and um, I was putting together a show, and our costume designer uh, had to um, drop out. Uh. And so it kind of fell on me, and with a staple gun and a lot of safety pins, <laughs> threw together some costumes for the show, and I was kind of booked after that. And uh, so one thing led to another, and life just kind of led me around, and uh, I found myself being a costume designer, and I started studying my craft by watching a lot of classic movies uh, from the 30s and 40s. So um, the great designers of that era were my teachers and raised a very high bar for me, which I'm still trying to uh, reach. <laughs> and um, and then after a while, I was you know doing costumes for a long time, and I decided I wanted to go back to directing. And that was about 10 years ago. And um, I started back at the bottom with that and went to community theater where they would hire me and just kind of worked myself back up into that. And now I really enjoy doing both at the same time, directing and costuming a show. Um, one, because um, if I argue with myself <laughs> about the costumes or the direction, I can just tell myself to shut up. <laughs> And uh, the other is, I really like the psycho the psychological aspect of um, directing and costuming characters. So it, it's a nice marriage, and um, I just it's something I really I'm really very passionate about and love doing. That's terrific. So, how long would you say you've been in pursuit of this? Oh Lord, about almost uh, thirty five years, something like that. Wow. So you started when you were five years old, right? About that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, between directing and designing costumes, what do you consider to be your, your forte or your specialty? Uh, I, well, I've had a lot more success with the costuming because I've been at it a lot longer. Um, but I... I I, so in, in costuming, I um, I really enjoy the glamour aspect of it. Uh, like I said, um, studying the the classic designers of the Hollywood era, mm -hmm. uh, you know, there was no ceiling when it came to opulence and glamour and beads and rhinestones <laughs> and things like that and uh, I'm also a great fan of um, the old Broadway shows especially the Ziegfeld Follies it just something about that just captures my imagination and uh, when I recently designed Priscilla Queen of the Desert I was able to actually use some of that and uh, kind of create my own Folly's world, and I loved it. I was just just as happy as as one could be because it was like a dream come true for me. Um, so yeah, that's that's where I come from. <laughs> I think that no ceiling of opulence should be the title of your autobiography. <laughs> 
Well, it was going to be the names have been changed to protect the guilty. Right. <laughs> that's a good one, too. <laughs> now, uh, The Adventures of Priscilla, Queen of the Desert, the musical, is was a Pride Films and Plays show. And by the way, I just wanted to say that um, I met John in 2012 at the Pride Films and Plays Great Gay Play and Musical Contest where uh, you were directing one of the readings. There were five readings of the finalists. And um, it, it was it was hello Norma Jean. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh okay, okay, yeah. So yeah. just just wanted to let uh, say that. So uh, when you are asked to costume a show, um, and somebody let's say somebody has a new show, and they say, you know what, John, I really want you to do this, uh, and they hand you the script. What is your process from there until production? Uh. My process is, uh, first I just read the script all the way through, mm-hmm. and then I go back and I start to create a costume plot to figure out how many costumes are in the show, if there's anything really special that is needed. Um, uh, and then I contact the cast and find out their sizes, and then later on when I meet them, I measure them. And I just work very closely with the director and to find out what his vision is and um, what he what he'd like to see on the characters. And then I really sit down and I analyze the characters and figure out where they're coming from, what type of things they would wear, what they wouldn't wear. Um, I usually talk to the cast also and see what um, they feel about their characters, so we're kind of all on the same page. That's nice. Um, and because, and I do get a lot of a lot of um, great feedback from actors um, about their insights to the character. I mean, after all, it's they're creating the character, and I'm just kind of putting the frosting on the cake, <laughs> yeah, and, so to speak. And um, so, and then I go, then I start my process of. Um, Finding everything or building whatever I need to build, and um, you know, acquiring my team and, and go for it. Oh, cool! Uh, what is your favorite decade to design for when you're doing a show? Um, I'd have to say probably um, uh, the 1930s. Wow! What is so? What draws you to the 30s? Just the the elegance. Um, the sleekness, um, the glamour, and um, I just like how clothes were cut in that decade. How they, um, um, how they they float on people. Even the menswear. I, I mean, it's very formal, but um, I just I just find it so elegant and so different from what we. Um, walk around in these days right. <laughs> and um and it, it doesn't it, it didn't get really crazy um like some other decades in fashion did um it just was i just it was a very elegant time i felt and uh so when i did a couple years ago i designed designed for a living by noel coward and um that was just such a wonderful experience because uh, I got to do just that in the 1930s and create all those fabulous looks because here I had a cast full of people who were playing 
elegant rich people. So it works. <laughs> By the way, folks, that's the show that John won the Joseph Jeff- Jefferson Award for Best Costume. And that's that's wonderful. Congratulations on that. Thank you. Thank you so much. That was, um, yeah, that was quite a thrill. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's excellent. Uh, do you do you sew costumes every once in a while, or have other people sew them? Like, do you design from the ground up, or is it always just obtaining things from you know uh, closets or thrift stores or ordering online? Um, it's both. Mm-hmm. Um, when we recently did Priscilla, I had to. And make a lot of uh, all the headpieces and hatwear, which were great, by the way. I love those. Those are hilarious. They were like some of them were just jokes in themselves. I remember laughing yeah. hilariously at when the the I believe they're called the sirens. Um, yeah. The the the, the, female, the divas. The divas. Yeah, it's the three yeah. women who sing, uh, who pretty much sing through the entire show, and and, and they and they came out in some hatwear that was just brilliant. Yeah, it was fun. Cool. And um, oh, go ahead. Oh no, no, I was, I was just gonna say. So you, so you sew, right? Yeah, I have. I don't do as much as but I used to because um, it's just I got so much other stuff to do. Right. <laughs> uh, but uh, but I've been, I've been very lucky. I have a really good team that I work with who have various um, areas of expertise, and uh, we all get together and we work and just have a riot i mean just it's so much fun and i mean it's a lot of hard work but if you surround yourself with fun people it does it does help <laughs> right well i think that you're at the point now to where people want to work with you so you probably assemble a team of of pretty much the same people most of the time that's just a guess would that be accurate yeah yeah, yeah. well we work with the people that we trust uh-huh. And and we know we're going to be there and are going to contribute and aren't going to be flaky. So that's that's great. And it sounds like people love working with you, and that that is a huge plus. Well, like I said, I like to laugh. I like to have a good time. And when it stops being a good time, then I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and you've got the clout to call that shot, I think for sure. But I'm, I'm I would I would doubt that that happens often um if at all because you're so nice um so i didn't get a chance to like cross-reference your all your uh credits on your on your uh website but do you ever direct a play that you don't do costumes for Uh, i have yes what's that like and I felt like I had nothing to do. <laughs> it was very strange. Uh, I did. Uh, I directed a, a gypsy, uh-huh. and uh, somebody else did the costumes, and they did a wonderful job. I had no complaint with that. Um, but I just felt like I was only doing half of a job. Uh. Yeah. Um, so, but you know, it was okay. It was fine um, because Gypsy was my first huge musical that I directed, and um, so all my focus went to that, and it all worked out. It was is wonderful. Do you uh, do you find it difficult to just allow the costume designer to? 
do what they're going to do or did do you get type a about it or or do you just do you just tell yourself okay john let go there's an artist <laughs> there too i mean was it difficult for you to to uh, let go and and delegate that well not no, not really because i was lucky because who uh, i had designing was really good ah. um so and it was a huge job to to put together gypsy so I, I really appreciated what they did. And um, there were a couple times they got stuck for things and I just you know let them go into my stock and pull what they needed. And so it was it was wonderful. Oh cool. Uh, is it now you say that your favorite decade to design for is the 30s. Is it difficult for you to design uh, modern costumes? Is that is that no. a stretch? No. No, the only thing I really don't like designing mm-hmm. is uniforms. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they're boring. <laughs> oh my gosh, really? And I have to be so accurate, you know. I can't. Yeah. There's no. There's no artistry in it. Right. So it's like, oh god, here we go, more uniforms. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did the costume design for Under a Rainbow Flag, right? Yeah. Okay, and which were, which was that's Leo Schwartz's uh, show. He is a composer and writer, and he's one of my co-writers, and he's he's amazing. And that show was terrific, and also yeah. won Jefferson Joseph Jefferson Awards itself. But there were a lot of uniforms in that. Now, is it is it are you do you know that somebody in the audience is gonna is gonna know the specifics of that particular? Uh, a grade of uniform does that always enter oh, your mind sure. oh sure and it has happened oh really <laughs> where um, uh, a long time ago I did a, a show about uh, a musical about the USO uh-huh. and so there were all kinds of uniforms there World War II uniforms. oh my gosh yes and so there were vets who had came to see the show and um, you know there were little things like you know that that metal would have gone over there, not where you had it. And, wow. Uh, so, you know, just, or you would wear the hat a certain way. And um, so, yeah, I mean, but at that time, we didn't really, when I did that show, the internet wasn't, it was just kind of starting. Sure, yeah. Tools. So it was really hard to find out um, about all those particulars. Yeah, those those details. And then, do you ever now bring on uh, any sort of advisors if you're doing something that's that's really specific? Well, a funny story about Rainbow Flag. Um, I did have a person helping me who was actually in the army. Ah, and um, uh, and I asked her, okay, now the stripes on the sleeves, do they go? Upwards or downwards, because they come to a point. And um, I forgot which way she said, but we so we did it the way she said it was. And I don't know, there was something like, I don't know, 24 of these stripes we had to sew on, if not more. Oh, jeez. I done with them and found out it was wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. And you, and you sewed them on, right? Yeah, so oh. we had to take everything off. Put it back the right way. Oh my gosh! Well, that's 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 hours of work. Yeah, it was. But, <laughs> <laughs> but 
but I got a funny story out of it. So. Right. <laughs> um, one of our friends, his name is Tim Slope, is a costume designer, and he used to design costumes for or work for the costume designer uh, for the Palm Springs Follies. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but have you you seen it? I mean, it's closed now, but did you ever see it? I've never saw it, but I saw some clips here and there. Oh, it's, it's, it, it was a show that was about four hours long and it featured people who were all seniors. They were over a certain age and the costumes were totally opulent. And he tells a story where like for three days, all he was doing was like sewing hems or sewing fringe onto something, and it was like, brrr, 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 like for three days. <laughs> Finally, someone said, "Oh my God, Tim, can you just stop for five minutes?" <laughs> it, it, it feels like it could be really. I mean, even though the end result is really pretty and beautiful, it can be a lot of tedious work, can it? Oh, it is. It is. Um, again, going back to Priscilla, the day of our first um, dress run through. Um, I had been going, I don't know, 48 hours straight oh. and I was just sewing Velcro, and Velcro and Velcro, right. Velcro <laughs> for days. And I remember thinking, you know, I haven't eaten for hours. I haven't even gone to the bathroom. I've done not, my body just kind of shut down right. <laughs> from Velcro sewing. Once again, brr, brr. yeah. At the exactly. sewing machine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just yards and yards of Velcro. Uh, well, I have to tell you, the costumes on that show were sensational. I love that show. I thought it was wonderful. I actually recommended it here on my show, and I interviewed David Zack, who is uh, your guys' executive director, right, right after the show. And um, it was just su- such a lovely show. And it was funny because I'm like, it feels like the costume design budget was, you know, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars. But oh, only, yeah, I'm, I'm not. But I know it's not. And it's funny that you were uh, earlier when we were talking. You were bringing up uh, Melissa Young, uh, who uh, is in your new show that you're directing, and she has this theory where she says everything is done on five dollars. Like she'll say, "I know that you did that that beautiful costume. I know that you did it for five dollars. Everything is five dollars." <laughs> <laughs> well, shit's close, yeah. Right. <laughs> you have to get scrappy, you really do. Pun intended, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, what messages and themes do you strive to convey to audiences through the pieces you choose to design for or direct? Um, first of all, I love hearing an audience laugh. Mm. To me, that is, if an audience is laughing... I've done my job. Right. I, I just love sitting in the back of a theater and listening to that. And second, somewhere in the piece, I would like if there was some kind of message conveyed. Not not a big, huge message, but just a little subtle message that people can walk away with and um, make them, when they get home, make them think a little bit about what they just saw and... Um, you know, it's just a slice of life that may they may not be have been exposed to before. So that's the kind of things I like to do. Are there any particular themes that that you gravitate toward? Yes, <laughs> um, I love doing shows about show people, uh, backstage shows. Uh-huh. I look back at things. That's what most of my shows have been about. 
And um, I just, there's something about those type of plays or musicals that really attract me. I guess it's because I've just been around show people my entire life um, that I just gravitate to that. And then I also like um, if somewhere in these shows that um, uh, since working with Pride Films and Plays, which we uh, basically do shows about the um, gay lifestyle. Right. Um, if uh, we could, if I could show somebody just, you know, a, a play where maybe some compassion is, can come from that. Like one of the non-backstage shows that I directed was um, Beautiful Thing. I love that production. That was so I wonderful. Too, too. I was so proud and happy to direct that show. And um, there were a few times that um, audience members talked to us afterwards and said that it really changed their minds about how they felt about gay people. Hmm. And um, in fact, one of the, the leads who played the young boy um, his parents came to see the show and they didn't really want to see it and um, they weren't that accepting of their son uh-huh. but afterwards and I could chunk up just thinking about this um, they, he came out and they just went up to him and hugged him and said how proud they were of him and and to me, it was like that was a gay miracle. <laughs> right. What a what a lovely, wonderful story. It was. It was just so so nice to see that. And I felt again like, okay, my job's done. We do what we set out to do. And um, so yeah, that, that's that's what I like to do. Excellent. Um, is there any dream show that you have out there that you haven't directed that you would just love to get your hands on or, or costume design? Um, I did a production of Follies a long time ago for a college. Uh-huh. And, um, I know, ambitious. Huh? Uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, honestly, I've never seen Follies and everybody, everyone gives me a hard time about it. But, but anyways, go on. Um, but yeah, I would love to direct. Uh, I didn't direct it the, uh, the first time; I just designed it. Uh-huh. But I would love to direct it, and I've seen like three versions of it, and um, it is—it's a hard show. It's in a lot of ways, even to watch. It's a very hard show, um, even about because it's so much about aging and how our bodies kind of deteriorate and. Uh, but I just, I just love it. I just love it from top to bottom. And I know there's a cult out there. People <laughs> feel that way. <laughs> I know. I've experienced it not having seen it. It's like, you haven't seen Okay. You do a show about theater and you've never seen Follies? No. No. Now, now looking back at when you directed it in college, are you like, oh, my God, I would do so much differently now? Oh, I designed it in college. I did it. Oh, correct. I'm sorry. When you designed it, would you do things completely different now, or or would you make? Would you? How much? What percentage would you change of the? Let's just say the costumes. Um, I was actually pretty happy with what I did then, okay. um, and it was on a shoestring, but I still managed to get all the glitz and glamour in there, and 
that though. So the next, if I would do it again, it would just need to be more opulent. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Bigger headpieces, you know, longer trains. <laughs> Once again, no ceiling of opulence. The John right? Aska story. <laughs> that's, that's so funny. Um, what do you think is an important direction theater is taking right now? Uh, um, it changes so rapidly. Mm, I mean, sure. you get used to one one style, and but I think what's going on right now, and looking around at what's um, being successful, um, revivals of musicals. Mm-hmm. Um, I think people really want escapism right now, and I'm basing it on. Uh, doing Priscilla of uh, how in demand that show was, how we sold out like every night, and I that show could have ran for a year. I I, I agree. And then with the recent success of Hello Dolly, uh huh. God, <laughs> I know. <laughs> millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we we saw it, but I got a, a like a matinee ticket at the very very last minute on cheap tickets, and I got some great house seats. And um, oh. I told uh, David, David was at, at his acting class, and I texted him. I'm like, get to the Schubert Theater right now. I don't care what you're doing. So, <laughs> and I don't even really like the show Hello Dolly, but I have to tell you, it's it's really brilliant. I know I'm going to see it in like two or three weeks and I know I'm not going to be the same afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I know you guys are coming out here. I was um, uh, telling David, uh, if you really, really like costumes, one of the shows that I would recommend is Anastasia. Oh yeah. It has, yeah. it has beautiful, incredible, opulent. Co- if you like opulence, that's, that's like boom. So that is on my list. <laughs> cool. It's 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 lots of TDF. It's like lots of going to uh, uh, TKTS. <laughs> uh, oh yeah, yeah. That's why I stay at the Edison because it's like half a block away from there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so so to you, escapism is is what's in now. Uh, why do you why do you think that? Um, because of our political climate, mm-hmm. uh, it's an interesting parallel. When Hello Dolly first opened on Broadway, it was a week after uh, President Kennedy was shot, uh, and um, wow. they really believed that a big part of the success was due to people trying to escape what was happening mm-hmm. at that moment. And I think that's almost the same right now. That. Um, you know, the news is just frightening. And um, even if you try to not pay attention to the news, it still is everywhere around you. You open a Facebook and it, it's all there. Right. Your phone, your eye, yeah. every, because, of, because of electronics mostly. Yeah, it's everywhere. And so it's hard to escape that. So what do you do? You go see a show that you don't have to think you can just relax and enjoy and be entertained. Right. Right. And and I think a lot of times that, um, 
being entertained is kind of a, a lost art. Um, the great entertainers are no longer here. I mean, Bette Midler is like one of the last of the really great entertainers. And, um, and we don't have like the Vegas acts like we used to. We don't have those types of people anymore. Mm-hmm. And so just uh, mindless escapism is very rare because everything now has to be about something. Right. <laughs> it has to be heavy and it has to be tell this huge message and change the world, and which is all fine and good. I mean, it's a progression of theater. Um, but once in a while, it's just really great to be entertained and, and to see, um, you know, performers with great music and great sets and costumes and where you can just ooh and ah and, have a good time. Right. I think in, in the uh, variety of theater that's out there, we definitely need that element of levity. Um, yeah. We need uh, every once in a while we need to uh, lighten up. So it's important to have these uh, these comedies and these these escape shows. I I, I completely agree. Um, it's 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 just too nervy. Yeah. To be human in the United States right now, unless you have no, you know, care or concern about um, um, the the future of the country, in which case, good for you, right? <laughs> um, are there any particular shows within your area that that you're not part of that you feel exemplify uh, this direction of, or vision of theater that y- you feel is going on? Oh, yeah, there's a lot right now uh, here in Chicago. Um, My Fair Lady is playing at the Opera House. Mm. And um, in the smaller theaters, um, She Loves Me, uh, Mary Poppins. Wow. uh, uh, What's in the uh, Most Happy Fella, uh, Marry Me a Little. You know, all revivals and all doing great business. So um, right now, that's what it seems like what people want. Oh wow, that's that's a, a big variety of uh, a, a lot of old school musicals. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> uh huh. Yeah. What do you think is the best part of being involved with smaller productions? Um, it's like what they say about being on soap operas. Um, you know, you got to do a lot in a very little time, and it's a great training ground. Hmm. Um, it's really. Um, uh, you're there and you have to really use everything you've got to figure out how to do this show on $5. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I have literally taken drapes off of windows. I mean, that was horrible. <laughs> That's a chapter in your autobiography, drapes off of windows. <laughs> I mean, it's like I walk into somebody's house and I'm like, what can I use? <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> But, um, but so, yeah, I mean, you really learn your trade and, um, there are a lot of people who come out of college that, you know, they've done these college shows that have money to burn and they go into real theater and the money's not there Uh and they're just, they just sit down and cry. (laughs) (laughs) You just um, know, you just let him take it, cry it out now, and then we'll keep going. Yeah. It's like, all right, now you're going to have to use the other side of your brain. Right. <laughs> um, this is sort of, of off the track of questions, but I just, I just thought of it. What is your favorite costume 
ever on theater, um, movies, TV. What is your favorite overall where you were like, nothing beats that? Oh, boy. Um, uh, As far as comedy goes, um, I think uh, the designer Bob Mackey is a comic genius. And on the old Carol Burnett show, Mm -hmm. she did the takeoff of Gone with the Wind. (laughs) I think, wasn't it called Gone with the Window? Or Went with the Wind. Went with the Window, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And he not only put the drapes on her, but he put the curtain rod on her, too. And the first time I saw that, I must have laughed for 15 minutes. (laughs) And I just thought that was just genius. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, then I think one of my other, uh, oh, God, as far as, uh, boy, there's just so many. Uh, I think the the gown that Betty Davis wears in All About Eve at the party, uh, that famous off-the-shoulder gown, is is one of my favorites. Now tell us the story of that gown. (laughs) You know, I know you know it. I was just thinking, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> well, it was designed by Edith Head, uh-huh. and um, uh, but he came late to the production, and so they had to hurry up and do these costumes. And so, in the first fitting, um, the dress didn't fit right. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be like a square neck, but the shoulders kept falling down. And Edith was like, "Oh my God, we're going to have to get someone in here to resew this dress." And Betty was like. Huh. No, I don't think so. I like it off the shoulder. And there it was. <laughs> and then she just <laughs> I, I love that. I think that's like like that is trivia one oh one for any costume designer, right? Well, it's funny because I had a similar experience in Priscilla where I was dressing Honey West and I had gotten her this sequin gown that was um backless. Mm-hmm. And she put it on, and um, and it was like kind of a high neck in front. And she's like, you know, this really bothers me in front by my neck because it kind of is cutting my cutting my neck in. And, yeah. and so we're sitting there with Sally. Well, I, I could take this down, blah 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 blah. And um, she goes, yeah, I would kind of like a little bit more cleavage. And I said, take it off and put it on backwards. <laughs> And she did, and it fit like a dream. Oh, my gosh. It had her girls on display. Right. Everybody was happy. <laughs> so that was my own personal moment like that. <laughs> that was your All About Eve moment? Yeah, and then we just laughed backstage. Going, Nobody knows it's on backwards. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's fabulous. Now, uh, a lot of these questions I'm asking – for my husband, who uh, also sews and, and has designed Halloween costumes for years and years and years. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He's sitting right across from me. I know he wants to know all of this, all of these inside uh, secrets, because he just he just loves doing it. I I'm one of those people who, it, 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 this is how I know how brilliant you are. I noticed your costumes in the show. Usually, I'm uh, as a writer, I'm, I'm looking at the writing and the story and how that's all flowing. But if I notice the costumes, I know it's good. 
And every time I see your show, I I notice the costuming. So um, it's it's that that's how I know. But a lot of this trivia stuff, I like your favorite costume and stuff. I know David wants to know. He's he's <laughs> hanging on every word you're saying. <laughs> Um, what should every theatrical artist, uh, costume designer, director, writer, actor, be doing right now to be relevant and successful in the industry? Um, what I always tell people is don't limit yourself to one area of the theater. Hmm. Uh, try to do more than one thing, and you'll last a lot longer and you'll work more. Right. And uh, Because I bounce from, you know, directing costume designer I produce I also write and um, God knows what else I do but um, and I'm always busy always there's always like five projects I'm juggling at one time and uh, so that's what I tell them to do as far as being relevant um, I don't I don't know what you can do to really be relevant except just get yourself out there Mm -hmm. and somehow get your work on display and you'll find an audience for it. And you know, not everybody likes everything. So, um, exactly. Um, yeah. That's, no. that's a great answer. It reminds me of, um, I was listening to a, a Broadway station cause I'm a big Broadway queen. And, um, somebody was interviewing Cindy Lauper who did, who composed, uh, for Kinky Boots, the musical, Right. And they said, you know, why in the world, you know, after being this worldwide, you know, top selling artist, did you decide to do this? And she looked at her and she said, well, sometimes you just have to diversify. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. And then she won Tony Awards. Yeah, yeah, see, I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so before we wrap up, you want to do a speed round with me? These are like speed questions. They're really fast. Okay. All right. What is your favorite play? Uh, I would have to say, um, oh God, there's so many to choose from. Uh, yeah, so much for speed. Uh, <laughs> That's okay. Uh, well, I mentioned Gypsy and Follies, and I love Auntie Mame, um, the women, um, and uh, and Beautiful Thing, as we talked about, is a favorite of mine. Okay. So what would you say is your top favorite musical? Uh, uh, Gypsy. Gypsy. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, do you have a favorite writer? Um, uh, let's see. I really love, um, uh, this is again going back to the movies, um, Garson Kanan and Ruth Gordon who wrote a lot of the Tracy Hepburn movies. Sure, yeah. Um, I just love their humor. Oh, yeah, I totally agree. It's so snappy. I'm, often I'll be watching, you know, Turner Classic Movies, and I'll watch one of their, the the movies that are, are written in that vein, and I think, you know, I, I wish we had dialogue this snappy now. Oh, I know, I know. I mean, where where is this banter? Yeah. Where, where did it go? Um, do you have a favorite director? Could be movie, theater. Uh, for movies, it's George Cooker, who did a lot of the MGM films in the mm-hmm. 30s and 40s, and... Um, Stage, um, Josh Logan. Oh, okay. I've never heard of Josh Logan. What has he done? Oh, um, um, South Pacific. Um, uh, I know he did the movie version of Picnic. Uh, Mr. Roberts was his big one. Ah. Um, 
Yeah. Um, and he was also a writer. And um, if you ever get a chance to read his biographies, they're, they're fascinating. Um, because he was also manic depressive. Oh. Which they didn't have a diagnosis for in those days. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's really, and he knew everybody, absolutely everybody. So it's good reading. That, that helps. Is there a lot of juicy gossip in it? Um, I, but, you know, showbiz stories. Oh, okay. Um, you know, um, he didn't get really down and dirty. <laughs> but just, just enough to where, because a lot of people were still alive then. So uh, he couldn't really. <laughs> yeah, you only write bad about them after they're dead. Yeah. <laughs> uh, do you did you have or do you have a mentor? Uh, no, I didn't. Not really. I my the design, like I said, the designers, the movie designers were my mentors, and I would just sit up for days and watch those movies oh. and read everything I could about them. Oh, excellent! All right, then tell us what you've been working on lately, or what you got coming up. Uh, well, we just had our first read-through of The Nance last night, mm-hmm. and I'm so excited about this show, I can't even speak. I mean, <laughs> and the cat, I mean I've never seen a first read-through go so well and where people were so prepared. Uh, the cast is on fire. Oh, great. Yeah. Um, we, uh, so we're working on that. It's really funny to see watch the younger people um, on the crew who were hearing this show for the first time and hearing a lot of these old, 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 you know, burlesque jokes that have been around for hundreds of years and hearing them for the first time and they just fallen apart. And, uh, so that's great. <laughs> it was fun to watch. <laughs> it's nice, you know, after reading it and reading it and reading it and analyzing it, it's nice to hear it come alive. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's terrific. Anything else that you want to talk about besides the names? Uh, next year, I'm booked to do um, design the costumes for Grand Hotel. Oh, here. nice. And I've been working on um, a new musical that I wrote the book for uh, called Heavenly Evening. And it's about what happens when various people like Tallulah Bankhead, Cole Porter, Noel Coward, Judy Garland, Josephine Baker are all in a room together. Oh. <laughs> and, uh, awesome. Yeah, and we had um, a stage reading last year that went over really, really big. And wow. so we're just kind of revising it and um, writing a couple new songs. And well, you know how it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so that's <laughs> always on the back burner for me. And, um, uh, yeah, that's about it at the moment. Wow, that's that's terrific. Um, I definitely will need to fly out to Chicago often to see those shows, and, <laughs> and that's that's amazing. Um, give our audience all your social media information, please. Okay. Uh, well, my production company is called Glitterati Productions, and I'm at glitterativeproductions.com, mm-hmm. and my um, resume and all that is in there also. And then I'm um, an associate, uh, artistic associate with Pride Films and Plays, and we're at pridefilmsandplays.com. Great. Now, can is there one particular, if people go to Glitterati, can they connect with all of your other social media if they need to, like Facebook, and if you're on Twitter, Twitter, and Instagram, or any of that? 
Uh, yeah, I believe so. Yeah, it's been so long since I've done anything with it, but I believe, uh, yeah, it connects to my Facebook. Okay, cool. Excellent. Um, well, John, you have been a wonderful guest, and I've learned so much about costume design, and uh, you've just been absolutely delightful. Thank you for being with us. Well, thank you, Sean. This was so much fun. Oh, thank good. you so much. Good, good. I, I want you to have fun, and and I'm glad I'm glad to hear that. Uh, will you come back to the show? Oh, of course, anytime. Okay, cool, excellent. <laughs> Alrighty. So, at the end of each show, I like to give shout outs to current productions worth a recommendation. And on tonight's show, I'm going to introduce a new option for my recommendation. I'm going to call it the peer recommendation. Sometimes I'm not available to get to a show. I know I see a lot, but at times I just I just can't do it. So I'll be soliciting recommendations from my peers on the theater scene. On tonight's show, I'm passing on a peer recommendation from my friend and fellow playwright, David Masello. David is a, a wonderful writer. Um, my husband, David, also often works with him to act and direct in his uh, his plays, and he's doing one now. So anyways, David's uh, recommendation is a show out here in New York called Fossils. Um, It's playing at 59E59 Theaters here in New York City again, and it's produced by Bucket Club, which from what I understand is a theater ensemble out of the UK. And here's the synopsis. It says, Vanessa's life is science, fact-based, evidence-led, no nonsense, no monsters. But when a a photograph surfaces showing something in Loch Ness, she must embark on a very personal journey researching the project. So that's that's the synopsis off the website. Now, David Masella was blown away by this production and highly recommended it. And here's what he had to say. Fossils proves that it is set in stone, yes, pun intended, that a good play needs good writing, good acting, and a good plot. Tell the viewers a compelling story and they will gladly sit there without an intermission. In fact, in fact, prefer that there not be an intermission. Here's an example of a tiny stage where where with simple lights and some electronic music effects, you can evoke the Loch Ness Monster, a boat tossing about in a storm, people running through the woods, people driving on the A1 motorway, as well as more nuanced moments of human affection. Anything can be done on stage. Every playwright and every audience member needs to remember this, and Fossils proves this as a fact. Wow, that's that's very, very glowing, and I want to see it... um, but here's the thing. It's closing this weekend. It closes on May 14th. So you have a, a couple of opportunities if you're in New York City to continue to go see it. Um, so please visit their website at 59e59.org. That's 59e59, the numbers, .org for tickets and show details. If you'd like to learn more about Mr. David Masello, please visit his website at www.davidmasello.com. That's David, M-A-S-E-L-L-O. One S, two L's. So there we go. Anyways, well, folks, it's the, the proverbial 11 o'clock number has been sung and the bows have been taken, so it's time to lower the curtain. I'd like to thank my guest, the sensational John Nasca, who was so wonderful and delightful as I knew he would be. If you'd like me to give a shout-out to a show in your area or a mention of your organization, please go to my Facebook page at facebook.com backslash your program is your ticket. Give me a like and shoot me a message. I'll be happy to give you the mention. Also, you can follow me on Twitter at at program ticket and visit my website at yourprogramisyourticket.com. You can see shows, things like that. Um, Folks, take a little time to see a show this week and don't forget to give a smaller show some love. There's a lot of theater gems out there. Until our next show, good night, theater people and curtain. 
Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.